and welcome back to the Raising Hell Mix podcast with Carrie and Kyle. This weekend we had our best friend Peter who lives in California out to visit us and at some point while we were hanging out we just hit record and this is what happened. Peter, Carrie, and I were best buds in high school. We were all in the same debate group and uh, we really hit it off. We miss him over in California so we were glad to have him back in town. And at the end he also indulges us by letting us talk more about our son who you can hear in the background. Yeah. So enjoy. Okay. So this is Peter. Hi. He is my BFF. That's so we're going to podcast about things. Okay. Cool. Yeah. You just got back from Aldi. What is your favorite Aldi food? Uh, the cheesecake platter, except yeah. that that is apparently a seasonal item. Right. And then the question arises is what season does that cheesecake platter exist in? And there's really no good answer for that. Do you, really have, sure. do you have any theories? Uh, I suspect that it is never actually cheesecake season. It's just sometimes they have it, sometimes they don't. Yeah. And they, they told me seasonal, but you think they were just saying I that so I stopped asking yeah. questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. So they had it in October, right? Of last year. Of last year. And I remember them having it as of like a few months ago. But I don't think they were expecting me last year. And that may be why it was in stock. So they specifically are just trying to get rid of it when you're around. Yes. Because they know that you would just eat an entire cheesecake platter. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I'll be gone. Yeah. What kind of milkshake do you get in and out? Um, trick question, because I usually don't get milkshakes in and out because I have a much lower resting metabolism than I did, as we were just discussing a few minutes ago. And milkshakes go right to my dad bod. Because now you're old. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. It wait. Sucks. So, so listeners will want to hear this because they've all heard me to say it at some point. But explain what makes In and Out as good as it is. The price to goodness ratio, and mm-hmm. I feel like this has probably come up in your circle of friends too, and they don't believe you. Yeah. But I will confirm this: that there is a price to goodness ratio. There are better hamburgers than In and Out. This podcast is sponsored by In and Out, but there is no better hamburger for what you are paying for it and i yeah. think that is the difference i think that's right i had to my roommates just could not understand this and so at some point i looked up the prices at in and out and then the prices at shake shack and five guys shake shack is, is is definitely better but it is three times as expensive exactly that is unacceptable. that's when it clicked was when they when they saw the comparison what is your favorite psych episode hmm i will go out on a limb and say it is the weird one with the yin yang Oh, yeah. Those, well, there were like a few. Because it had Jimmy Simpson in it, and Jimmy Simpson yeah. is adorable. He was fun. He Was was he the... He lights up my world like nobody guy. else. Yeah. Name, what was his name? Mary. Mary. Hacker named Mary. That poor guy. Yeah. He was one of the few one of the few characters on Psych who they like invested in, and then he ended up dying. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, yeah. There, goes, there goes that. So if you were watching Psych, it's like, why even bother now? You know. You know. Jimmy Simpson is such a guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, his character. No, Jimmy Simpson. He actually dies. Yeah. That would suck. My favorite is the Spelling Bee one. The, the Spelling Bee one's pretty good. The first one besides the pilot. And the Silly Pants. This whole Silly Pants don't. bit from... That was, I think, the first instance of a made-up name for Gus. It's don't be a Silly don't be a silly Pants? Yeah. Is that it? I think so. And that was in the Spelling Bee one? I thought that's that it was Gus Silly Pants Jackson. I thought it was a nickname. Gus Silly Pants Jackson. Yeah, I thought that yeah. first came up in the Spelling Bee episode, though. I think so. That okay. sounds right. Yeah. We we might be totally off on this, and we may be getting fact checked right now. Are you? Fa- are yeah, people on this podcast fact checking. No, I'll look it up afterwards. And okay. I'll insert a little note saying if it was okay, okay, accurate or not. 
Have you enjoyed your time in D.C. so far? Uh, yes, except it is too warm. It is too warm. And at least it is not raining a lot, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been raining kind of a lot this, this summer so far. So I also kind of expected in, like, a weird post-Trumpian presidency that the sky would be all dark and filled with lightning. And that there, <laughs> instead of big gray federal buildings from the yeah. Obama years, that all of those buildings would be replaced with these huge um, like gothic. gothic castles. Yeah. <laughs> like bats. Flew, yeah, like rotations of monument. bats and, you know, witches on Bruce cackling maniacally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had a story I wanted to tell you guys. Um, I'm working with a guy. And at one point, a couple of people in my office were on the phone with this guy. And he goes, he, he's trying to tell us that one thing, one paragraph we wrote was unclear. He says, I, you know, I, I don't want to lie to you. And then he pauses for a second. And he says, he says, I don't like to lie to anybody. And we're like, okay, this is already two sentences too long. And he says, well, I do lie to my wife. Oh, boy. <laughs> Recently, I told my wife, she said, she said, how do I look in this? And I said, you look fine. Uh, and I realized it all depends on how you say you look fine. And we're like, okay, go on. <laughs> because, like, why stop him at this yeah. point? <laughs> Right, just keep going. <laughs> and then he says, he says the first paragraph of page fifteen is a little bit confusing, and I didn't understand it. <laughs> wow! <laughs> just jump right in there, don't you, pal? But you know, the paragraph is fine. Yeah. So we made like two changes to it, and then he was like, "Okay, that's great." <laughs> and now I have to know that, like, he lies to his wife about about how she, about how he thinks she looks in a particular dress. I guess it's better than lying about other things. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, if you had to lie to your wife about something, I guess whether she looks nice to you. Yeah, that would be the thing that's worth lying about, yeah. for sure. This is the same issue that I snapped at that guy on Easter Vigil. About. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the story? I do not. So we went to this diner after the Easter Vigil, and it was like midnight. And this one guy was uh, attempting to socialize by quoting really dumb, overplayed stand-up comedy, such as, women are so crazy, you have to lie to them when they say they look nice, and don't say it too fast or too slow, and otherwise they will flip out and be super mad at you. And this is relationship advice for men. And I, I was listening to it for a while, and then in a dead silence, I go, yeah, sexism is always hilarious. And just the table goes the entire, dead. The entire table just stares. <laughs> it was so great. Wow. This poor, this poor guy just making this offhanded sexist remark just got, like, slammed. Yeah. He, he had it coming. I, I still feel, like feel bad. He looked very guy? abashed. Oh. Older than me. Yeah, not by much. Like okay. mid twenties. Yeah. Oh, that okay. You should know better. I can understand if it's like a, a seventy-year-old that's kind of having a hard time with the concept. But. No. No, this guy needed to be to be corrected. Okay. Swiftly. So yeah. number one, don't quote comedy as a way of interacting with people. Right. He was basically doing like a stand-up shtick at the dining table. Yeah. That never goes well. The nope. YouTube one. Unless you're really going to commit and do like the accents and everything. <laughs> <laughs> if he'd had accents, it would have been fine. Wasn't there another guy that you did this to recently? Yes. Yeah. Um, we were playing Diplomacy, and yeah. Mistake I was... Mistake number one. <laughs> I was the only girl playing six guys, and one of them made a joke about how women can never be trusted. 
after I broke an agreement that we had made. Yeah. And I snapped at him too. I can't remember what I. Said. I don't know. You you were you were laying it on thick, and here I had like just backstabbed everybody, <laughs> and then and then you like weren't totally forthcoming <laughs> with one person. It should have just be Helmix can't be trusted, but everybody was breaking promises. That's how you play. That's diplomacy. how you play diplomacy. Actually, the way you play diplomacy is by just just shouting at whoever suggested it and then playing another game. I was trying to honor all of my agreements. That's I'm just reasonable. really bad at putting in orders. I barely understand the concept, and I don't fully understand how to play. Of diplomacy? Yeah. Okay, so imagine you have risk, right? Okay. And then imagine you have the video game civilization, okay? Okay. Take the worst elements of each, okay? Okay. And then imagine a version of that that Winston Churchill would like playing. That seems better than whatever it probably actually is. (laughs) (laughs) You have to also not like Winston Churchill. Okay, I can do that. There you go. And that's diplomacy. I just assume, based on the, the risk analogy alone, that almost every game of diplomacy ends with somebody taking a board or a computer or some integral game piece and flipping, and flipping it over it. and screaming. <laughs> that's, like shrieking. I think that's written into the rules for diplomacy. Okay. Yeah, because nobody actually wins diplomacy. It's just that you get like a that's majority just a of diplomacy. the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is surprisingly realistic. It reminds me of Mafia and that the only way to win is to lie and cheat and like claw your way to the top. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm okay with that, especially when all the people that you're lying and clawing through are basically homeschool debate students. Who, you, who you specifically want to alienate. No, right? you want to make them better, stronger people for the real world because they've lived in the bubble for so long. You feel like someone has to lie to you, son. Someone has <laughs> to make you feel that shame and remorse of thinking that you could trust someone that you really couldn't and never should have. Isn't that, isn't that just called being in homeschool debate in the first place yeah, probably to some extent you, know, you just stare at your parents and say how could you have done this to me yeah wow but like the sooner that comes out in like this manifest this is getting sense getting really cynical yeah <laughs> well welcome to homeschool debate <laughs> do you do you have anything about homeschool debate that you would like to vent to the internet oh my goodness how long how chance? long does this this podcast have like two minutes oh boy uh, <laughs> probably don't have anything in two minutes um homeschool debate is great and you should do it <laughs> You'll figure it out yourself. <laughs> Long story short. I mean, we could talk about what we were saying that that makes homeschool debate good and the good ways to teach debate. It definitely offers a unique opportunity for students that have not competitively engaged philosophy and analytics to be able to do so in a very safe, um, if not bubble-wrapped environment. That's true. Yeah. I, I would go so far as to say, though, that I learned more from club meets where we just sat and bantered about ethics than I did from actual tournaments. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, not everyone wants to even do speaking or, like, wants to compete against other people to see who could be a better speaker. But there's definitely a value in um, conversing with other people about hard topics to think about or uh, consider for the value that Mm -hmm. just comes from that inherently. And that's why Lincoln Douglas is better, because when it comes to evidence or applications or whatever, you can go back and forth about those and argue about the details of historical revisionism all day long, which is basically a tournament. Lincoln Douglas is better because no matter how bad Lincoln Douglas gets, it will still just always be compared to team policy and will almost win by default. I was the team policy person. (laughs) I'm just going to stay silent because I only learned how to do policy debate, and that doesn't help me here. Have you explained to your audience that you were wearing a helmet when you crashed your bike? 
Yeah. Okay. I feel like everybody who listens to this podcast would also have put up with me complaining about having crashed my bike. Okay. Yeah. I just I did not actually know. Helmet gotcha. safety, folks. I could PSA, be dead. Kyle had a helmet on. And a backpack. And I honestly think the backpack did and more And he good. broke his elbow, so draw your own conclusions. <laughs> I should have been wearing the helmet on my elbow. <laughs> or, or, you know, if there was some sort of thing that could keep elbows safe, I could wear those. But nothing's been invented so far that could, that could pad my elbow. Nothing this century. Pad for elbows. Yeah. Hmm. But I'm doing okay. I don't need paid meds anymore. Just got an kid at my law school that like had brain. this entire sparring, you know, karate uniform on almost like with the, the padding and the the gloves and the feet gear and everything. Like a samurai kind of. Yeah, like a like a samurai that he would wear to class. No, they just wear biking, and then he oh, would biking. take it all off and stuff oh, in a duffel wow. bag, and then take it into class with him. Wow. Well, if you're biking through like Irvine, you kind of have to. Yeah, like if you want to just get off and fight people. <laughs> <laughs> Did he also have a weapon of any kind? His bicycle. I, I wouldn't actually know. I never took him up on like any fights. So yeah, I would assume. I would assume that he could like spin it around and do some tricks and yeah, get, get entirely possible. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the guy who only ever wore gym shirts, shorts, and a t-shirt mm. to class? Like in DC in the middle of winter, he would walk in 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 gym shorts and in like a real thin t-shirt. Just playing on hard was mode. This Will? 365. Uh, no, his name was Paul. Oh. But he was not the Quidditch guy. No, no. I'm going to suggest that at least 50% of, of your friends are named either Paul or Dan. <laughs> or, yeah. Paul, Dan, or Will. Paul, Dan. Or Peter. I, you do know I know a lot of Peters, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. This is West Coast Peter. Wow. Yeah, and then there's East Coast Peter, and then there's Midwest Peter Jr., and then... Actually, that's it. I, only know I thought there was Peter. another one. Is there another Peter in my life? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's Space Peter. I, I only met him once, but his <laughs> wife works for a, a space news organization, which instantly made him my favorite Peter. Wow. Yeah, I know. Man, I'm do, sitting right do, here. Do you have a wife who works for a space news organization? I don't even work for a space news organization. Yeah, so. <laughs> do you know about Quidditch guy from my last school? I barely I do. I kind of remember. He wrote, he wrote the rules for competitive Quidditch. Yeah, I remember this. That's now used, like, like, like internationally. Yeah. Yeah. He was a really cool guy. We played Quidditch with him at least once. We did. We did. There weren't really enough people to field a team and it is pretty violent actually when it comes down to it the problem is that you have these these broomsticks between your legs which is fine for flying but for running it's just like bound for injuries yeah so it's actually called muggle quidditch right i think it is like called muggle. Muggle. yeah yeah because it's not actual quidditch I, I i have heard people refer to it and actually get in like big fights over this yeah so i want to make sure that we're all it's like ultimate frisbee for nerds is i think how i wow how I, and ultimate frisbee is basically every other sport for nerds anything else you want to share with the world Rory is getting more adorable as he gets older yeah um and his ability to form sentences is quite impressive frankly it's starting to put my uh, compressed <laughs> sentences to shame what's what uh, what's your favorite thing that you've seen Rory do um he's getting very good at imitating actions uh, and acting out other people's actions which i think is again deeply impressive something that I, too, struggle with. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite new development is that he tries on our shoes and walks around the house, which is always a cute look. Yeah. It is. He's surprisingly good at it. If I was trying to wear shoes that were that proportionally big, I would just trip instantly. It was very impressive to me that we have effectively four laptops in this house right now. Mm -hmm. And one of them is a work laptop, and he just instinctively knows he can mess around with the other laptops, but he cannot mess around with a work laptop. 
Yeah, I didn't even notice that until you pointed it out, yeah. and it's totally true. He he will take my work laptop and put it on the ground in order to get to the laptops he's allowed to have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, cool. We're glad to have you out here. It has been fun. Yeah. All Thanks right. for being our first podcast guest. Yay! Thanks for inviting me. Okay. Bye. <laughs>